Well, it's Operation Postlight. Operation Marketing Postlight. Operation Podcast. You know what's the worst kind of creep? Ooh, yeah, I read the New York Times. Scope creep. Oh, different topic. Yeah, that is awful. That is bad stuff. Yes. Well, Rich, who knows something about scope creep? We are experts at defending the scope of a project, making sure it doesn't get out of hand such that you can't deliver. And we're going to share a lot of the tools and ideas. Are we going to have a conversation that people can tune into via Zoom? We are. Oh, We're having a special edition of the Post Life Podcast. It's going to be live streamed September 16th at where 1 p.m. Where do people PM go? Okay, where do people Eastern go? Eastern Standard Time. They go to postlight.com slash events. We've done these in the past. They're always kind of fun, uh, very lively. Don't think webinar. Think lively, fun, goofball experience. Please join us. Postlight.com slash events. Paul. Oh, hey. I've learned something over the years. Oh, thank God. As a manager, as a leader of a, you know, a growing company of tens of people, and, and you're trying to get everyone aligned. Do you know what I've learned? What have you learned, Rich? What have you learned? That when you name something, it not only inherits meaning, but inherits purpose and drives people's behavior. This is one of those things that when you're on the other side of leadership... You look at it and you go, I cannot believe how stupid they're being. I can't believe they gave it an acronym and that they're talking about that acronym as if it's a real Well, we joke about it, right, when we come up with the acronym. Then six months later, everyone is using the acronym and they still think you're goofy, but they forgot you created it. But and this is your (laughs) this is your thing, right? Like I I am not a native acronym creator. And when you do it, I'm like, and then over and over again over the years. I have learned the power of the acronym. It does something, right? Is it creates a, everybody knows what the DMV is. Not just that you get your license from there, but it actually represents something cultural and and meaningful and tangible. The word I'm looking for is tangibility. Well, and it's Um, it's a North Star, right? You point, you've, you've used that phrase too, right? Where it's just like, suddenly everyone has something to orient around that they can point to instead of debating what it is. Can I tell you, when they debate what it is, this is the sinister quality of yeah. naming something. Well, let, let's, before we go there, let's let's come up with an initiative. Like, tell me, you know, like, well, give an example. Well, we a way to maintain quality and take, you know, how do we mm. make sure that our different client relationships are going well and the projects are good? And Let me and set this up for the listeners. So li- literally one day, so we've been talking about, like, as Postlight was growing, how do we organize Postlight so that... It's not Rich and I zooming in on every project or other people too. Like there were, everybody was kind of stretched mm-hmm. thin. You know, we, we were kind of the red phone. People could call us. And, and what was happening is we were managing kind of waiting for something to go wrong. That was a bad thing. So Rich pulled me into the purple conference room and he, he started to write down the different things, the different ways that you assess a project on the whiteboard. Right. And the, the list that you came up with. I guess we came up with to give it, but this was really your your brain working, was quality, opportunity, relationships, and efficiency. Yes. Quality of the project, opportunity uh, presented by this particular client, what is the status of the relationship, and are we running it efficiently? And if we, we, the thesis was, if you do those four things, QORE or CORE, 
you will be able to look at a project, evaluate it, run through that list and the related questions, and be able to say, this is going well, or this needs to go better without you being in the room. Exactly. And I don't want to, we've, by the way, we've had a podcast in the past about core. Some good articles have been written on Postlight. I just want to get, so, so now you're out in Postlight and I am too. And we are saying it's time for core. That's right. Everyone and looks we at presented this. it. I can't show <laughs> yeah. people someone with their mouth hanging open, just going like, what the hell is this? Because we're on a podcast. But just imagine that. Imagine somebody looking at you going, oh. Yeah, it was a lot of deer in headlights. And they're like, why would you do this? Oh, they're introducing process and bureaucracy and this and that. Look, they, love, was, when the, they love when the process comes from the bottom up, but they hate when it comes from the top down. Just a little organizational <laughs> right. dynamic right, right, right. rule. I want to shift this setup that we just talked about, about the importance of words and how words don't just define and are shortcuts to meaning, but they are also, they define behavior. They actually define how we're going to behave and how we're going to treat one another and treat the world. Uh, and and it's, a, it's a fascinating thing to me because I'm backing into it. And you know who talks about this? Marketers. Marketers, like the really great ones, are like, you know what? We added an apostrophe to Duncan and it added $16 billion in revenue or something, you know? Like we took out the G and then all of a sudden it was your neighbor coming over with, you know, the the cardboard thing that holds four four coffees at once just by making it Duncan, not dunking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, It used to be a verb. It it was a very wonderful idea, which is you take a donut, you break it in half and you dunk it in the coffee. So I'm dunking donuts. But this ends with like Ben Affleck just kind of looking at the camera. Being real tired. <laughs> right. right. So now we look at this pandemic, right? And here's the moment that kind of that kind of struck me, which was three months ago, maybe May. I don't even remember. It's all a blur. Time is on a different continuum now because of this pandemic. But I think it was, you know, April, May. And I read an article and it was very soundly written. And it essentially said this, there is no end. And boy, that hits you, right? Because you're like, okay, we're going to get through this. And then once we're done getting through it, we'll make movies about it and maybe write a play, but it'll be behind us. And that'll be the end of that, right? And that made sense to us because the thing carried such immense, immense drama and tragedy. And I don't mean that in a glib way. I mean that in a real way. Like the news was hard. I mean, we were in New York City. We were hearing an ambulance every six minutes. It was a ton of just just, just this overwhelming wave of suffering and and, and pain. There is this element too of like, well, we've gone through it and now everybody's going to learn from what we went through. And and this at least went after repeat again. Yeah, humans don't work. Don't work. And that, so that was extra special. So like New York city really buttoned it up. Like we're pretty good about our mass overall. And so, and then like you start to watch the world and you're like, oh, they just figured that it wasn't going to apply to them. Yeah. And so why do I bring this up, Paul? I bring this up. I don't know, Rich. I, I, I really, I have no idea. Well, I mean, let's, let's, let's throw out the words that are tossed around a lot now. There's coronavirus. Coronavirus. There's the word COVID. Yes. And, and what's so important to do here is nobody's going to read the paper in the New England Journal of Medicine. COVID, coronavirus, and then the variants. I mean, honestly, if somebody had told me about variants back in March of 2020. All of Delta's internal communication, the, um, oh the airline. Oh, God, Delta Airlines. You can't say, you're not allowed to say, hi, welcome to Delta. They're referring it to it internally, 
by like the number associated with it, like you know, by like the five nine seven five variant in all their internal communication. <laughs> right, right, right. Of course, of course. You can't call it the Delta variant if you're going to get on a flight. Exactly. And I don't know the etymology of flu. I do know that it probably is connected to swine flu or influenza, right? And I guess what I'm getting at is this: hearing that it's never going to end. Today in our minds, COVID is associated with a lot of pain and suffering and overextended healthcare workers and ICUs. Oh, you want to know something amazing? It's from the Latin influentia, meaning influence. Oh, interesting. It also has the sense of the outbreak of an epidemic. Um, Interesting. It was initially applied to an epidemic in 1743, and then it became the flu the flu Influence, and, and yeah. such. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, just a little word wealth, fun facts for our audience. Just a little pleasant distraction from the news of the day. Anyway, go on. I, I cut you Well, off. let me shortcut, Paul. Five years from now, when we've really gotten ahead of the curve, the boosters are great. I mean, the thing has pretty much been relegated to, I mean, I have, I have a family member whose entire family got hit at a birthday party, but they were all vaccinated and some kids and everyone had runny noses. And and it was so weird to hear runny noses, Paul. It wasn't like, you know, I I started to feel a little this or that, or I was late in bed. It was runny noses because, you know, the the vaccines are really a home run, right? I mean, they've they've just been a spectacular I mean, we don't talk about it enough because it's been such a hurricane, but that's right. what a scientific gift. Like just a thing happened that we've never seen before in our lifetime, I guess polio, people who were around for polio, but yeah. like, just like, yeah. actually we're going to change. We figured it out. We know what's incredible. Do. I mean, we, we got, lo- I mean, the, the studies could have come out and they would be like, ah, oh, guys, it's about 38% <laughs> effective. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, going to yeah. be a grind guys. We, st- we still would have done it. Right. <laughs> anyway, keep going, keep um, going. Anyway. So uh, let me ask you, let me pose it in the form of a question today. COVID is associated with death and suffering and a lot of pain and anguish. Five years from now, is uh, the mother of an eight-year-old or the father of an eight-year-old calling the school and saying, oh, he's going to be out today, probably tomorrow too. He's got COVID. Probably, yeah. I mean, it's like chickenpox where it used to be, there's a vaccine now, right? So you just don't hear about it as much as you used to. But that vaccine didn't show up until the mid-90s. It didn't show up until the mid-90s. Is that true? I I didn't know it was that recent. No, chickenpox vaccine became available in the United States in 1995. That's incredible. That is from cdc.gov. Yeah. You know what people keep need to keep in mind related to this is that we've gotten really good. We get really good at like the therapies to treat stuff. Like they're still working hard on an AIDS vaccine. Like that's actually a thing that yeah. needs to go into clinical trial soon and whatnot, even though there's, you know, the cocktails that allow people to to still live with it. And yeah, but nothing's, I mean, that's, that's also, that's a first world solution for a global epidemic that's actually still going on that we don't talk about very much. Exactly. So you need that vaccine. You need it. Like the UN needs to be giving everyone HIV vaccines. I think even though hopefully more and more of the world get vaccinated and everybody's got runny noses, but people are still going to react to it because they're going to associate it with a mental definition that they filed away because they had witnessed 2020 and 2021. And how do you undo that, Paul? And I, here's what I mean by that. My guess is the world's going to lag. We're still going to close the factory for three weeks or two weeks, even though everyone in the factory has to be vaccinated. No, that's right. We're in a COVID society right now to different degrees, right? And so society changes slowly. It changed 
very, very rapidly when everyone quarantined. That was because that was absolutely critical. It was an emergency. And now we're in this kind of long, slow emergency. And we're kind of back to the mean where it's just society is going to be like, well, hold on. You know, we updated the HR system with the with the quarantine protocol. And I don't have another button to press. In general, people would rather have consistency then they mm-hmm. would have the exact right reaction. And this is the weird part. I mean, especially if the consistency errs on the side of safety, unfortunately, even if the consistency doesn't, even if it is unsafe, but not completely critical, people are just like, just let's keep going. Okay, all right, That's well, we're gonna I follow know. our protocol. Yep, what's the CDC say? So here's what I propose. I think if you are vaccinated and test positive, which is still a thing, you should have a different condition. You should name it something else. Ooh, okay. So we're now into branding effort. This is great. This is what everybody's tuned in for. Paul, is a brand back effort. to core. Yeah. yeah Q-O-R-E. Yeah. Everything <laughs> is a branding um, effort. I mean, you know, I've got Novid. I've got Quovid. Quovid is pretty A little good. cuter. This thing is practically harmless if you're vaccinated. I'm thinking you branded with a little mascot and you name him Coco. Oh, uh, yeah. I've got the Coco. I always like, someone referred to it once as the round boy. <laughs> and I still crack up thinking about <laughs> it. The like, round boy is pretty good. Got, got the round boy. You yeah. know, it's just that little guy. He's that little guy. He's the round boy. And he gets inside your body and you breathe his, his little guys get in there. And you're just like, uh-oh. Okay. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to rebrand COVID for the post-COVID. I mean, this is, this is planning ahead. I mean, they started planning for the end of, of World War II really relatively early in the war because they wanted to know what that society was going to be like. They knew they had to get a plan. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get on the other side of this and we're going to get, you know, I'm going to come into work and be like, oh man, I got to get home. I think I might have the round boy. <laughs> Don't ever say that to me ever again. I'm just going to throw that out there. Do you know what words do, Paul? No, actually, Rich, I don't. I've never. I mean, I'm asking Paul Ford what (laughs) words do. Never had any experience with words. Let me just step in front of you. Oh, here we go with the game dropping. It's okay. It's fine. No, I'm just a columnist for Wired. But you go ahead and tell me how words work. I view words as tools, sadly. This is a very sad aspect of my life. I mean, so did Shakespeare. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Words help you avoid decision trees. Yeah, this is okay, shortcuts. So this is true even for the people who use words in creative ways, right? Like you're moving out of the conversation by saying something, and very often people aren't. Most conversation, most communication is actually relatively low commitment. And so what mm-hmm. you're saying is we're going to create, like if you want to make change and you name things, and this is really, we're back to branding is this. See, branding to me is a fascinating discipline because what gets out into the world is like, oh, they made their logo yellow. And, you know, just like we're going to engage with brands and all this absolute nonsense. But everybody, like I'm looking at the CDC website right now. They have a brand. They have an identity. That stands for something. And it actually embodies the mission and it embodies the goals. And when the CDC, if you go to the CDC website, there's actually quite a bit of stuff around the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, one of the darkest Mm -hmm. moments in their history, one of the grimmest moments in their history. And they had to own it, right? Because I'm going to say something that sounds really disturbing like almost disrespectful because of the way that branding usually gets approached. That was off brand. That is a public health organization that did something that would, that literally just ruined lives. Right. And so like, that's just cause that's the one in front of me. And when I look at this, they've got, it's blue with stripes and the letter CDC, it means nothing. 
Okay. I mean, I'm sure they could tell you what the stripes mean, but I'm looking at that and I had, I have 20 or 30 associations with the CDC related to looking at that logo that guide me in the relationship I could form with this organization. And that's when you're talking about terms and including really, really bad stuff and really, really good stuff. We hold these orgs to account, right? Like a good example is the New York Times. At any given time, you log- I have a rule for myself on Twitter, which is I am not allowed to talk about the New York Times on Twitter because I know a lot of people that work there. It's my hometown newspaper, and it occasionally sends me into an absolute white outrage, just, just <laughs> blank. And, I, and actually, I've written for them. I have a good relationship with lots of people over there. They've asked me to do more stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And, and what you got to do is you got to take a step back and be like, what does this institution represent to me? Why am I in this relationship with it? Why, you know, and it's, it's very like pseudo-social. Like why is mm. why is the time and people call and cancel their, well, it, their- is, it is a relationship right I mean and and trust and goodwill are are aspects of it right and and if the CDC tells us to do something for the most part look there's a whole population out there that just questions everything oh government is trying to control me blah 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 but for the most part we're like oh they said that we have to now. Not wear masks. masks. Yeah. Or don't wear masks. masks. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the implications of that. And you can even argue that they've kind of fumbled it a bit, not in failing to understand how confused people get, because they're going to just read the headline. And that's what branding is. Headlines are branding. Yeah, to a point, to a point. Headlines are kind of supposed to get you into the piece. They're much more disposable. The brand core. Let's go back to our thing and get away from talking about disease. It's a marketing podcast. Core is a reference point (laughs) for how we relate to our clients. Postlight as a brand represents that relationship. You're listening to the Postlight podcast. Postlight is something you write a check to. Postlight stands for really good technology and and deep connection to client challenges and really good design and and product thinking. And we're also very focused on like events in New York City and and kind of like we want to connect to humans. And we think that that is the root of technology. And I think anyone who is listening to this podcast, none of this comes as a surprise. You've heard these things about us before because they, you know, ideally they represent who we are, but also because we have chosen to emphasize and communicate them because we think that's good for the world and good for our business. We're going to have it all together. That's the goal, right? And so like core is a subset that's internal to that, but it's actually deeply connected to it, which is how do we deliver the quality, make a sustainable, you know, good, sustained, successful, profitable business, make sure the clients are being taken care of and also grow those relationships. Not in a like, Mm -hmm. hey, do you have anything else for me? But like, drive a lot of value by living those values. And so like you're actually, when you're creating stuff like this, you're creating a baby brand under the other brand. Yes, you are. And, and, and it is a shortcut and it does back to the decision tree for a second. Should a different set of behaviors occur if you are vaccinated versus if you're not obviously right. That, that, that actually is playing out, but it's very messy. You know what I, look, what does court do? You can either sit next to us for five years and internalize everything and all the instincts. That you don't want to do it. Trust me. I've done it and you don't want to do it. I've Nobody sat with myself sit for, yeah. <laughs> I've sat with yeah. myself for 47 years. Trust me. It's not. Yeah. You don't want to do that. And so what you do is you externalize it. You try to simplify it. Is it perfect? No. You know what I wish they would do, the CDC, more of, frankly? Visuals. Like something the equivalent of like a food pyramid or something that gives people simple, simple guidance that they can internalize. 
That is the, I'm getting more and more into the world of data science and getting more and more into the world of visualization. It's the hardest thing. It is the hardest thing. It's, it's essentially product development around abstraction. one of the trickiest skills. It is because you, your audience too, like scientists love presenting really dense data to other scientists in different visual ways. But if you're trying to get 300 million people to behave a certain way based on certain criteria, that's very different and very, very hard to pull off. By the way, I will make a recommendation, which I think our audience will like. There's a, a person I follow on Twitter I've chatted with once or twice named Kieran Healy. He's a sociologist at Duke University. He's a big fan of the programming language R, and he wrote a book called, I'm looking behind me because it's right here on the shelf, Data Visualization. And it's pretty good. Like, it's just all about, you know, graphs and charts and, and how to do mm-hmm. them. But but it's very much about, like, how to truly communicate visually. And, like, he makes some good charts, just some good-ass charts. And so, like, just a little something to think about because it's actually related to the sciences, related to sociology, related to sharing that kind of information. It's not the practice, right? Like, the, it's not the, – the practice is to publish a paper somewhere with a couple charts and not to make something that – is really accessible to lots of people as your baseline. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, the CDC, I think you got to remember too, like it was communicating to the media and it was communicating to doctors up until the internet. And now right. the cultural change for it to be like an internet organization is basically impossible. And right? not just they, an internet organization, but an organization that's supposed to talk to everyone in clear ways. And they're pretty good. I mean, it's like I, I go to the at a glance page and it's like, who needs chicken pox vaccine? And it's, it's a lot of yeah. bulleted list. It's well-designed. Somebody's done a good job here, but yeah. that's not, humans don't work in bulleted lists. And this is actually back to the bad acronym, right? Like back mm-hmm. to the silly thing where you're like, what do I need to know about chicken pox? Well, there's three things and they, you, it's actually spelled chicken. C is for chicken pox. H is for hepatitis. I don't know what it is, but like you, you got to boil it down. You know who does this tremendously well? The United States government. Every single like thing that is proposed is called like the Patriot Act, but it stands for something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is right. mind numbing and it's, they're yeah. shameless, shameless. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They will give anything. It could be a program to take candy away from toddlers and hit, hit them in the head with a baseball bat. And they will yep. call it the, you know, childhood C H I L D H, you know, U D or whatever act. Well, and it's, just it's back to, to town. I want to close this with a, an example of just a whole world that has consistently been able to pull this off but you really have to brand right to do it, right? And that's diets. Every oh, like, yeah, like three years, diet. there's the keto. Are you keto? Like they'll ask, I've had people walk up to me and say, are you keto? I'm what like, was the what? one? That, was that the one that was all meat? I think it's just all meat and maybe you get a piece of cheese like once a week. You get cheese yeah, you don't, and you don't get like vegetables. No, there's no vegetables. And, and I ordered once, I was like, okay, I'll try these keto donuts. I, I, I kid you not. It was mm. essentially just round shaped sticks of butter that just, they were just yeah. shaped like donuts. Yeah, it was the, one of the worst things keto I've ever eaten. Keto, but like, like keto diet, Atkins diet. Atkins, um, Atkins was all meat. No carbs is Atkins. But my, the point is this, the point is when you when you brand, you create almost a fanat- like it, it, if you can wrap it up into one word, and then send them to the website where they can learn about it. And what you end up, you end up recruiting advocates who start to echo that language and echo the protocols around you, it. You ready for a word that has oh, changed America? Yeah, go ahead. CrossFit. 
Cross, CrossFit is an actual brand. I know. The guy went ahead and created a brand called CrossFit. You have to buy it from him. You have to get a license to use it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it, it's literally just ropes and flipping tires. There's nothing to it. There's no science. There's mm. no nothing around it. I, I want to bring this back to, we often give advice to business leaders and, and people in the technology and design world and whatnot, just to, to punctuate how effective this is. When you walk up to your team and say, look, one of our goals over the next 12 months is to really fold in accessibility into our design thinking, right? And then you can do that one of two ways. You can repeat what, you, what I just said again and again every week and in every email and just beat it into people or you can name it. Well, and it's even better if you give it a name that has like where the, each letter stands for something. Yeah. Because what you do is you just say, and you know, you want to become management. Here's what you do. You write an email and you send it to your team and say, here's the way I've been thinking about some initiative. Mm -hmm. And you give it a name where each letter stands for something. And you say, you know, I know this is kind of silly, but I'm going to bring this up because it really helps me think it through. Three out of five times, other people will start using it. Yeah. No, no, I think that's right. And it's like, you could read a lot of books about, you know, creating beautiful journeys for people and how to lead and be it's if you make up a bunch of stuff with letters you're gonna actually succeed last piece of feedback when you do this yeah when you name it something corny or you name it after an acronym do not expect anybody to stand up and clap at oh all. no 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 expect don't them to expect be. anything no this is a subtle point this is actually a real thing it's not just that they're kind of annoyed it's that and this is real. You are claiming a little territory. You're saying, I think we should think about it this way using this organizing principle. The great benefit you have is that almost invariably no one else has done it, right? Like, and yes. so they go, okay, fine. Now it is on you to keep bringing it up though. You drop that acronym in, don't expect people to take it seriously. You're now going to have to talk about it for the rest of your life. <laughs> This is true. You better commit. Do yeah, the yeah, thinking. Yeah. It's hard. It's not a trivial thing. Don't just throw these things out. Also, don't read the airport business book and then come back and start throwing catchphrases at people without really buying into it yourself. Please, please, please really internalize it, understand it and believe in it. Don't just echo it. Like echo gets sniffed out by your team's by people. They always do. Well, it's not just, it's also a lot of times that guidance comes and then people come back and are like, I know what you're all doing wrong. <laughs> it's not, it's, they've got, they just saw the light, right? And you yeah, just came back and yeah. you told, and often they're telling their managers, their peers, people who yeah. work for them, just like you, you've obviously perceived everything wrong your entire life. I read a book over the weekend and I'm going to yeah. set you straight. And that doesn't go well. That actually goes incredibly poorly. I've been on every side of that and I've been guilty of it. It turns out that people will let you do, in, they'll let you do all the work you want to do. Like they will get yeah. out of your way for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll use the words if it's convenient and a good organizing principle. And that, that's kind of where everybody stops. And that's, that's fine. That's, humans are humans. Okay. So, I mean, look, this is the words thing. Words matter is maybe the name of this podcast, but I don't name the podcast, Paul. Somebody yes, else does. Somebody else does. Somebody who's good at words. Look, yeah. the key takeaway, right, is like brand your initiatives if you want them to be internalized by other people. You don't have to do this if it's your to-do list. We could have saved 40 minutes, Paul, and just said that to people. And that would have been, that's why you're Paul Ford. This is why you're good with words. My brother was in the Navy. Whenever we do a visit, whenever we, put, we give it an operation name, like Operation Possum 
Operation that's, Screaming that's Eagle. Amazing. And it's <laughs> that's just amazing. sort of a, well, no, I swear to God, then you're on WhatsApp, like, and you create a channel for Operation Possum. Possum. Yeah, Operation yeah, yeah. Possum was about getting my mother up for a visit. And it's just, you know, like, it takes a minute. Somebody's got to pick her up. There's a lot of coordination. Operation Possum. Well, that's there was amazing. a hurricane. Operation Possum was only a qualified success. But nonetheless, <laughs> Operation Possum was a go. Right. And, uh, you know, again, my brother was in the Navy, so he, he earned the right to call things operations. So, okay, that's it. I'm going to go make up an initiative and give it a name and see what happens. Well, we should tell people about Postlight, or, or did we kind of do that for 40 minutes straight just now? Yeah, look, okay, you all know the deal at this point, but if you don't, Postlight <laughs> builds amazing software, and we're also very good, and we backed into this, but boy, are we good at it. We're very good consultants. We'll help you figure out your digital strategy, um, and we do it because we're really good at the digital part, and we really know how software can change an organization. So you can get us in there, and you can say, what are we going to do? And we can go, well, here's what I would do, and I think we can really make some change here, and you can go that sounds real good how do you kick that off rich a beautiful relationship like that with initiatives and all kinds of stuff all kinds of wonderfulness uh postlight.com check us out there there's a contact form on every page but also you can see our work some of the projects we've done there's some great case studies yeah I th- is this how bain does their ads you know i don't is think so they don't do <laughs> it you know they're how, like bain insights and then, yeah. then it's the oh end yeah you're right you're right you know they don't like break out in the we got to go listen to the bain podcast and hear no, what they don't. say no we don't we oh don't. yeah we, really we do don't. maybe we oh, do oh yeah no i want to hear that thing I love it. I love it. It's I a softer sell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're we're just coming right at you. Coupon code transform twenty twenty one, and you get twenty percent off. We have slightly blue collar tendencies. We like to we we, we, we see what we do as a craft, uh, not as God's gift to everyone. So that that's the only way we're do- we do management consulting, but we're different than management consultancies. We sure we don't are. Damn it. We, we don't think we're the smartest people who ever lived on earth. Um, anyway. All right. Well, look, my friend. Be safe. We are still in the middle of this pandemic. I'm going to go ahead and say it, Paul. If you're not vaccinated and you can get vaccinated, go get vaccinated. That's a strong, bold move. But you know what? God, for God's sake, get vaccinated. Unless you can't for medical reasons. Yes. Medical reasons do not include that you read something on Facebook about how you should put horse poison in your veins. All right, well, onward we go. Onward. Be safe, everyone. Have a lovely week. Bye.